Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. What's up, guys? Welcome to the show. We got all kinds of good stuff for you today. We got some Nintendo Direct with Eric. We got Indie Game Showcase with me. And we got a whole lot of Persona chatter for you. Now, let's see what's on the shelf this week. Top 5 Releases First up, we got Full Throttle Remastered by Tim Schafer and Double Fine. That's dropping on the 18th, same day as this episode, for, I believe, PC, PS4, Xbox One. If you played the original Full Throttle back in the day, the old point-and-click adventure game, they redid the graphics, the sound, the UI, and everything. Like the re-releases of the Monkey Island games, you can flip back and forth between new and old styles, so go ahead and grab that up if you want some old-school point-and-click adventuring. Number four this time around is Bulletstorm Full Clip Edition, developed by People Can Fly and published by Gearbox Publishing. This game actually was made years and years back, but People Can Fly got their hands on it, went ahead and overhauled the entire thing, graphics, audio, they even added in all the expansions and a whole bunch of new maps for multiplayer for you to check out. It's got a campaign with single player, it's got echo maps where you can compete against other people online, and it's got anarchy mode, which is like a horde mode, which you can play with other players online or your friends, whatever the heck you choose. This game also has an appearance by none other than Duke Nukem. Now, not only an appearance, but you can play the entire game as Duke Nukem. It's got a whole bunch of cool crap, and if you want to hear a whole bunch more about Bulletstorm, make sure you check out our other podcast, Third Shift. Number three this week is a game I had not heard anything about before doing research for this episode. It's The Sexy Brutal by Tequila Works and Cavalier Game Studios. This dropped on the 11th of April for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. It's a kind of puzzle-slash-3D adventure game. If you want to hear more on that, catch me later in the show. I'll tell you all about it. Number two this week, Bayonetta finally dropped on PC. The old game from 2010 from Platinum Games and Sega. Apparently it's been up a little bit. It's got 4K support, and... I mean, if you played the original Bayonetta, you know how damn good this game is. So now that's on PC, you can crank the detail all the way up. Have a grand old time with it. Another solid game. And last but not least on this list is Ukulele, released April 11th, 2017, developed by Playtonic Games. And if you don't know who Playtonic Games is, it's all the old guys from Rare back in the day when Banjo-Kazooie was in its prime, and Perfect Dark, and Jeff Force Gemini, and all sorts of other wonderful games. These are the guys and girls who brought you those wonderful games and have now come back full circle to bring out Ukulele. It's a game about a little animal duo having a wonderful adventure. It's in the old style of Banjo-Kazooie. If you guys have played and or know about that, this is an homage to that. And from what I hear, hey, it's awesome, but only if you're acclimated and liked those types of games from back in the day. It carries over a lot of the problems, camera angles, etc., but offers that unique, fun, free-spirited gameplay that those games offered you back in the day. Number five. Number five this week is an expansion to a game from a series that's very near and dear to my heart. That's all I talk about on the show is games that are near and dear to my heart, but hey, it's my show, it's your show, we can do that. Coming up on the 25th of April is the Fame and Strategy expansion pack for Romance of the Three Kingdoms 13. Now, the base game came out, I believe, in June of last year. Totally flew by me 
totally under the radar, but I've been following Koei Tecmo on Facebook, on Twitter, all that good stuff, and they've been really pumping out the expansion for this. Uh, for those who have the base game, this is going to be a downloadable expansion. For people who don't, they're going to have a digital bundle with the game and the expansion all in one on the 25th. So yeah, this expansion pack is going to bring a whole lot of new systems to the base game. Uh, the Fame System, the War Council, and, and for one of the first times that I remember, there's going to be an event editor in the game, so you can make your own events, you can schedule out when certain events in the game happen. For those of you who know the series like I do, that's pretty exciting for me, just because instead of just, oh, here are the only characters with events, now you can create your own character, have him team up with, you know, if you're doing a, a Three Sworn Brothers event, have him team up with the other characters you created, or two other famous generals in the game, and have him really integrated into the Three Kingdoms story. For strategy game nuts, for romance of the Three Kingdoms nuts, like me, keep an eye out for that, grab it up when it releases on the 25th, have yourself a ball. I'm going to grab it up even though I have way too many games to play right now just because I love supporting the developers and series that I'm a big fan of. So you guys grab it up too. Number four. So this last weekend was the Star Wars celebration and everybody sat in anticipation of two big things. One being the mm. next movie, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Even though if you haven't seen the new trailer, you better go do it because you're a crazy person if this you This is haven't. not a movie's podcast. That's next week. We'll start oh, doing that. Oh, come on. We'll start doing a movie's yeah, podcast because we see no fucking <laughs> movies. We'll be like, that looks like it would nah, be cool. Say, that will not. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Uh, but what we will be talking about right now is they also released a full-length reveal trailer for Star Wars Battlefront 2. Now, if you don't know, a uh, leaked trailer came out a little bit before the, the main trailer did. However, the main trailer did have more footage and more information. So, hey, who gives a crap? It was amazing. And if you didn't get a chance to check it out... There will be a single-player campaign. Everybody from Star Wars Battlefront, the original, complained and complained. They listened and they did it. And you're going to be following in the footsteps of an Iden Versio. She is the commander of an elite Imperial Force squad. And what happens is right there on Endor, she goes down to assist a bunch of Imperial troops with the uh, Rebellion. And lo and behold, the events of Return of the Jedi transpire... The Emperor is destroyed, and they go, holy crap, what do we do? And she says, we're going to avenge our Emperor, and boom. So starts this wonderful single-player campaign that everyone, including myself, are super excited to check out. But that's not all. This time around, they want to make sure that you're getting a taste of Star Wars from every front. So in the PvP portion of this game, they've promised that you're going to get uh, you're going to get maps and battles from all across the Star Wars universe, including uh, new, old, modern, past, present, cartoon, the whole nine yards. You'll get the chance to ha be able to play with specific characters from only those timelines. They said that they want to work on those special characters like Kylo Ren, Darth Maul, Yoda, etc. Because in the first one, they felt like bullet sponges. Whenever they came up, people just kind of went after them. It was, it was kind of a problem. And they want to fix that, so they're looking into things they can do to make sure that it's a more engaging experience. They also said that this time they're going to have full space battles. And I don't know about you, man, but that sounds freaking awesome. Duking it out in space. Uh, all I was going to say all that space to play in. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Boo. All, all that. You know, when it's space and you got all that space Boo, to play in, it'll be great. <laughs> 
Uh, it's something I've been looking forward to, going out there and the deep space and just having mm-hmm. a blast because they don't ever do it. It's always on planet, and you're always restrained within these small little maps. This has me very excited. For those of you who don't know, this was developed by DICE, the same guys who brought you Star Wars Battlefront 1 on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC, of course. And the last little tidbit, Star Wars Battlefront 2 will be releasing November 17th on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the PC. But, obviously, as we all know as gamers, those dates are subject to change. Number 3. So now, as usual on the show, I gave you a series that's near and dear to my heart. Now it's time for my indie game showcase. As we said earlier in the top five releases, this week I'm talking about The Sexy Brutal. Again, a game I had known nothing about coming up to release and only found out about it via the research I did for this episode. But The Sexy Brutal is a puzzle-slash-adventure game set in a kind of a mansion-slash-casino in which you are basically reliving one day over and over and over during which all the guests of this casino slash mansion during a masquerade ball are killed in all sorts of different ways. And it's your job to go in and figure out how to save every one of them. Now, one of the interesting gameplay aspects of this game is you can't be in the same room as any other character. So you really need to be sneaking around, need to be listening at doors to try and pick up clues, picking locks to get into other rooms, picking up special, you know, learning special abilities throughout the game to help you do the things you need to do to save each one of the guests. Uh, Apparently, from what I've heard, each guest you save, you get to collect their mask, and that gives you more and more abilities to help go save the other ones. I know some of the ones that I've seen in, in trailers or reviews are, like, someone gets shot with, you know, a hunting rifle at some point. So during the game, you have to figure out a way to get into the room where the killer picked up the rifle, insert a blank, so that when he goes to shoot the victim... It doesn't do anything. I know I've seen other ones where there's a singer on stage and the stage explodes, so who knows how you have to get backstage to fix that. There's been guys at gambling tables, and I don't know, it just looks like a whole lot of fun. Again, kind of puzzle slash adventure. I think you have to end up saving everyone within that one day, so I'm not sure if you know the things you do during one revolution of the day stay or if you have to like eventually do a speed run and f- save everybody all at once this is one of those kind of games that really piques my interest learning what to do figuring out how to do it all and then upgrading your powers each time you restart the day to be able to do even more and better things the next time this game's got a really cool like almost chibi but kind of like gothic art graphical style Really unique looking, really gorgeous looking. Apparently it's got a really good soundtrack too. So if you're interested in that, like I am right now, I really want to just go and download it and play the first day right now. You can find that on PC, PS4, and Xbox One for 20 bucks. So go pick it up if it sounds good to you. Number two. Up next, on April 12th, we have the latest Nintendo Direct and it had a few very interesting tidbits of information for us. I will go ahead and list off a few of the more interesting ones for everybody, and if you want more details, hey, go check it out, because there was a ton. It was chock full of not only Nintendo Switch information and games and whatnot, but also 3DS, a system on I thought was actually going to start to slow down. Seems to have a whole lot going for it here in nice. the near future. But anyways, we'll shoot right on in. First up in the Nintendo Direct, they announced that a standalone Nintendo Switch dock will be released in North America May 19th. 
What this means to you is if you have multiple TVs in the house, you'll be able to go out and buy this docking station. And after that, boom, you just move your switch one to the other, one to the other, one to the other, one to the other, etc., etc. I am excited about this because I do have about three TVs sitting around the house, and it would be nice to have a docking bay in each of them so that way I can just move around freely without any sort of huss and fuss. So, so is it just you pop it straight into the dock and then it has its own controller with that? Yes. Okay, that's, that's pretty cool. Now, also, Splatoon 2 will arrive on the 21st of July, so if you don't know what Splatoon 2 is, it's the sequel to, obviously, Splatoon 1, <laughs> and it's a competitive game in which you're these little weird little funky chibi-style anime little cartoon characters, and you run around, you're painting the deck, and you're trying to cover the map with your you know, your team's color, and then the other team's using the different, you know, little characters and their abilities to do the same exact thing. You got fat rollers, you got the slow little jet spray guys, and it's a pretty cool looking little game. It's not particularly my jam, but I was looking at a lot of it when the, you know, the direct took place, and I was like, oh, well, this might actually be fun, you know, get some guys there, have some beers, Mm -hmm. and try to destroy each other's little canvases. It's not canvases, but their areas. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, it seems pretty cool. I've, I've seen a lot of footage of the first Splatoon game, and I've I've never had a Wii U, but I like the idea of, you know, you can cover this whole area in your color paint, and then you can kind of like fast travel, like you can goop down into your color paint and run around faster than you can just otherwise. So that, mm-hmm. that seemed like a lot of fun. Hey, I'm just, I don't, I don't know how many modes there are, but if there was like a capture the flag, hey, I just sprayed down a whole track to the flag, and you just go, bloop, shoo. And then you're off to the races. Just pop back up and go nuts. Yep, exactly. They also, when they were talking about Splatoon 2, went ahead and announced the new Amiibos for Splatoon 2. So if you're interested in those, take a peek. And they also showed off a little bit of Salmon Run mode. So definitely check that out. They also announced ARMS, which will be launching June 16th. This game is like a... It's a punch-out, but it's got more free will to it. So you're looking third-person in this game. And all the characters are very unique. They've all got their own skills. They were showing off this one gal who's got noodles for arms, and then like her left arm turns into like a dragon, and she can shoot out fireballs. One guy's got like spring arms, and they so they've all got their strong points, weak points. You got your heavy hitters, fast movers, everything else going on. And then the big surprise, which I didn't know anything about, was that you can actually do two on two. Oh, nice. Yeah, they showed that off for just a few seconds, and that just blew my mind. This is a game I've been looking at. I've been wanting to get this game, but i got to figure out a means to because, of course, the wife has already dictated that I've spent my quota in video games. <laughs> it's not even the end of April yet. Yeah, right. All right. Exactly. <laughs> so this is one I'm paying attention to. If you haven't heard about it and you own the Nintendo Switch, I'd recommend you take a peek because this is I think this is going to be the next party game alongside, of course, Mario Kart and the other classics. They also went ahead and announced Minecraft, the Nintendo Switch edition, which will be arriving in the eShop in May. It's got, uh, obviously, a huge Mario and the Mushroom Kingdom all in there. It's all Mario Brothers themed. Mm. Looked pretty cool. Looked like it'd be a lot of fun to play around in and do some leveling in. So that was pretty neat. Then they also went ahead and talked about the Switch-exclusive Rayman Legends Definitive Edition. And I want to get this one as well Mm. because... Rayman's a ton of fun. I love 2D, you know, adventure games. I wish they would make more and more of them. And so I want to support those types of games so that way other developers say, hey, look, there's money involved and maybe we'll start seeing more in the future. Yeah, I've I've always been kind of watching the Rayman Legends games, uh, Origins and Legends from kind of afar and always wanted to to get those because, like you said, I'm a big fan of those games. Plus, 
look at the way they did kind of like rhythm based stages in those games where like every collectible you hit adds to the music and so you got to like keep the pace going and keep the flow going that really appealed to me still have haven't ever grabbed them up but again another series that i'm interested in too mm-hmm. and real quick for the nintendo 3ds they went ahead and mentioned a trio of kirby titles coming to the 3ds in celebration of kirby's anniversary so if you guys love kirby which i used to Make sure you check that out. They also announced a whole ton of other stuff, but I'm not going to go through every single thing here. If you're interested at all in any more of what Nintendo went ahead and revealed, make sure you watch the latest Nintendo Direct. Number one. Number one this week is the same as it was last week. We're talking about Persona 5 now that it's been in our hot little hands for, what, it's been two weeks, two whole weeks now, hasn't it? Two whole weeks, man. Just been immersing ourselves in it. Want to give you guys kind of a... uh, an overview of our feelings about it. I wouldn't say like a proper review or anything, but no, I'll give you some thoughts. I give beat you some the game. Want <laughs> <laughs> to give you some thoughts and some insights, maybe some pro tips. Who knows? So I've played a ton. You haven't played as much as me, so we'll throw it to you first. For you know, what what are your thoughts? What do you what do you want to say right. to people? Well, let me tell you this. Persona's a game I've been looking at for years. I've watched it from its inception all the way up to now. And I've never jumped in. I've always thought about it. I always wanted to. But it kind of scared me away. Especially with when people explained it was super Japanese RPG. Mm-hmm. It was like took place in one area. And then you were just going into these dungeons. And then it, it, that started to oh, set off alarm bells in my head. I never really liked the RPGs where it was just all about the dungeon mm-hmm. crawling and whatnot. I liked the ones that were the expansive adventures. And you were seeing all sorts of pretty new areas all the time. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Yeah. This one was like, no, I'm character building. I'm character building and you're dungeon crawling. And I was like, meh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I'm coming into this fresh. Persona 5 comes around. The style looks fantastic. As we discussed before, I'm a, I'm a foolhardy, this love-struck uh, fan of Catherine. Oh, yeah. And they said they took a lot of inspiration from Catherine when they were designing this one. So it was sold. I was like, oh, psh, done. Yep. And then... You showed me that they were going to have Catherine outfits later on, and I went, oh, oh, yeah, that's it, that's it. So I got it, got my hands in there, played it a little bit, and I've fallen in love. I just, Mm -hmm. I I don't know how they did it, man. How do you take this small, tiny section, three little areas, and then you just start adding all the things, all the things to it? Oh, do you want to build relationships? Well, here you go, here you go, here you go. Hey, do you want to explore and get a part-time job? Well, here's like 20 part-time jobs you can have. You just got to meet these different criteria. Oh, this is cool. Hey, you want to go explore dungeons? Boom, we got those. Do you want to explore big ones, small ones? Oh, we got both. Oh, goodness. So the more time I'm spending in this game, the more I'm finding that it's just perfect in almost every way an RPG can be perfect in. I mean... I'm finding almost no faults. The only small problem I've had thus far, and from what you've told me, it's going to clear up, and I'm starting to see it a little bit, mm-hmm. is the fact that the entire first dungeon, which is a nice chunk of time, oh, yeah. I'd say probably a good 10 hours, if that, maybe more, and is like a tutorial. Yeah. So you're going to have characters, and you're going to have things that they're forcing you to do or urging you to do over and over again, like hey, you've got to go do such and such and take care of this problem. And you're like, well, I didn't want to do that today. I wanted to just go hang out. But they'll forcefully just 
hey, we're not going to participate with you until you do the thing we want you to do. Mm-hmm. So they push you through it because they want you to understand the importance of you know defeating the palaces, which are the dungeons in this particular game. So the whole first dungeon is this. It's them kind of forcing you to do these different things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you've played RPGs before, you know, you're like, okay, I understand what you're trying to do. I understand the concept of what's going on. I just want to take control and have some fun now. Right, but right. unfortunately, for the first time around, they don't really let you do that. And as you said, it clears up. So you got to tell me now, Matt, am I going to be okay coming out of this first one and heading into the second one? I think you'll probably be all right. I mean, I understand what you're saying with how how forceful the first one is, but you got to think of it from their point of view, too, for somebody who's never played a Persona game ever and doesn't, you know, you're not used to having a time limit on how fast you have to clear a dungeon, how, you know, the steps you'll have to go through. So I understand why it's kind of a big extended tutorial, but like I said, that does totally open up, especially if you kind of blow through the palaces in just the first few days like I did, then it's just, it creates its own new problem because you'll get the palace done and you'll be like, okay, we did it. Now we just have to wait for the end result of clearing a palace, which is basically you go into these people's like distorted minds and make them have a change of heart. So if this person is abusive, he's, you know, abuses his power, all that stuff, you go in, you change, his, you change his heart, and then at the end of the deadline, he'll confess all his crimes and all that good stuff. So if you do if you do the palace first, you get it done, now you're just waiting until the confession happens. It really opens up. You can go hang out with anybody. You can do all kinds of stuff. But like I said, that creates its own problem because you kind of get used to that. You get used to that total freedom. And then when the next palace comes around, it goes kind of back into JRPG storytelling mode. So it's like, oh, we need to set up the next palace so for these five or seven days, your freedom's gone because we have to force you to do this so you'll know what's going on for the next palace. I mean, the storytelling's good, and it's, you know, it's all enjoyable, but it's just kind of frustrating where you go, when you go from, I'm totally free, to now I'm totally not, and the only thing I can do all day is go hang out with them, run into this person, and then go to bed. There's been a lot of days recently, because I'm just setting up the fourth palace right now, where it's, you wake, you wake up, you go do a thing, you come back home, you're sitting in your room at night, and I've got the ability to go and do stuff at night. But as soon as I try to walk out the door, it's, hey, you should really go to sleep today. It's like, ah, man, come on, I just, I can't even watch my TV, I can't watch DVDs, I can't, oh, man, come on. Yeah, I just experienced that going into the second uh, boss, setting up the mm. second palace for me. Where they're like, hey, here's this expanse of five days that's just going to go by and you have no control over. And that's mm-hmm. just after them starting to let you get a little freedom and spread your wings and manage the day how you see fit in managing the day. And then they immediately take it back and go, okay, no, we're, we're doing this all for you for the next five days. And you're like, yeah. and then you're looking and it, it, it kind of gives you a little bit of stress because you see mm. the day oh, just yeah. goes click, click, click click and you're like oh my god that's five days you just passed by my whole story what's going mm. on here because though for those of you who don't know this whole story takes place in a certain time frame and it's in every at the end of every day it clicks by the day and it's gone you know that part of your story is over and it's going mm. to the next day so you slowly see your time go bye-bye and then you're like oh my gosh i want you know for those of you who want to like complete you know or completionist etc that's precious. And you're like, oh, I wasted mm. too much time. I, I could have got my confidant levels up with, you know, other characters or something. Oh, my God. I mean, so it, it is 
a, a slight problem, but the but at the same time, like I said before, all the storytelling's really well done. The characters are really well done. The you know the the setup of the palaces. One, one thing I did really love is I'm not much of a dungeon crawler either, but the palaces are like we've said before they're handcrafted so they're their own unique levels. I love the way that they're themed from one to the next. Like the first palace looks nothing like the second palace looks nothing like the third palace looks nothing like the fourth one from what I've from what I've seen of it so far. It's just it's just all totally unique. It's got their own unique challenges to them. Uh, one thing I love in the palaces too is that it's they're totally stealth based, which I don't think we mentioned before when we were talking about mm-hmm. it. I love like the like the Metal Gear Persona kind of vibe of it, where you're hiding around corners and you can like sneak around objects and sneak around enemies if you really want to. You know, you you're basically avoiding detection the whole time. I know in the third palace, there's another. I mean, there's like security cameras in it, so you got to be do- dodging those, dodging the enemies, dodging this and that to activate or deactivate traps. Just, I mean, like you said, everything about this game really appeals to me. Everything is fun. It's, like you said, just about as perfect a JRPG as I can think of. Because, I mean, when we saw the first IGN review, which I think was like 97 out of 100, or 9.7 out of 10, mm. whatever it is, I was like, ah, that's there's no way. That guy's just really steeped in it. It'll probably be pretty good, but maybe not that good. And it is that damn good. Everything from the graphics to the sound to the gameplay to the way it, like we said before, it streamlines all those JRPG mechanics. It makes you excited when you get into the battle. You know, the music, oh, yeah. music, which we have really only briefly mentioned, is just fantastic. All sorts of jazz notes everywhere you go, just mm-hmm. upbeat, crazy cool vibes going on. And it takes that, and then it takes the artwork, and when you get into the, like battles, you know normally it's like chop chop, and this kind of like just flows into the battle, and then mm-hmm. when the fight's over, you flow back out of it. You know it has like yeah. cool different animations with the characters, and it just feels very natural, so it doesn't feel like you're just like jarringly in and out of these battles. Yeah, I really love the transition at the end of the battle where, you know, sometimes your character will be like, yeah, come on, let's go. And you start running mm-hmm. as it's showing, like, the, the the money and the XP that you got. And then it kind of just flows right back out into swinging the camera around, and now you're just back in the dungeon again. Yeah, that's fantastic. I was super impressed by that. I had just mentioned the streamlining, jumping back to that a little bit. We've talked about how there's, you know, the systems of how you attack enemies' weak points, they fall down, and then you can do an all-out attack or a negotiation with them. But, I mean, they even have streamlined that because as soon as an enemy gets knocked down and you go into the hold-up, they mean the hold-up flashes on the screen, you can just, if you just want to do an all-out attack, if you're just, like, farming enemies, you can just hit the X button before the prompt even comes up. It'll just jump straight into it, and then you just, you're just popping in and out, doing all the things. Oh, hey, here's an enemy I know the weak point of, R1, boop, 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 boop. it'll automatically choose the thing it's weak against it'll automatically target the next one and it's just it's just fast it's just it's just fast and smooth i really love it yep the battle system is really nice the menu system for it's smooth makes sense not complicated in any way shape or form Mm. yeah i enjoy it and then to boot like matt had said previously when you're outside in the pal you know when you're outside in the palace area you can avoid enemies if you don't want to fight them so obviously they're visible on the map and then, like he was saying, there's traps, there's cameras in some of the levels. If you avoid these, there's a meter that goes up, the the alertness of that particular palace. If yep. you play your cards right, you can keep that at zero. 
So that way you don't have enemies running around looking for you, all the extra problems. You can mm-hmm. keep it at a zero, just kind of streamline through that palace if you're just looking to get it done with it, and then go level up somewhere else or do it on a different day. Or mm-hmm. if you're up for the challenge and you really just want to go all you know crazy mode, who cares? Just go in, killing every enemy, front on assaults, let the camera see you, have, you know, go nuts, have a blast. So it's kind of like a pick-your-own-adventure with those palaces. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I don't think I've ever had the meter go over more than like 15%, and that was just when kind of like I was hiding against a corner and trying to ambush an enemy, but I pushed the wrong way, and he kind of rolled out of cover and got got found. Like we said, it's a really smooth and streamlined system. If you want to play in a stealthy way, you will have no problems doing that. Or if you want to just go in guns blazing, like you said, you can do that too. And I know it said the enemies get harder the more the alertness level mm-hmm. goes up. I don't know if the rewards get better too. I should actually try that the next time I run through a palace because, I mean, if it's tougher enemies, you should get more XP and more, more money XP, for it. More XP, more money, more possible items, etc. I mean, possibly. I don't know. I don't like know. I said, I'm, I've just been pure Stealth Jones. But speaking of enemies, I mean, the assortment of personas you can get, it's just off the charts, just ridiculous. And then you can use the, you can fuse those together to make even better ones, inherit the abilities from the old ones. I mean, I've got so many awesome personas right now that when I start finding new ones, I'm like, oh, I don't want to fuse Mashikyoji into something else because he's so amazing right now, but then I do it and then it's even better than, you know, either of the two results. Yeah, that's an overwhelming system for me right now as a new Persona player. And then, of Mm -hmm. course, coming into a game where I hate losing stuff. Yeah. Yeah, right now I'm having problems with that because I've got all these Personas and I've got one I'm just loving right now. And like you said, I'm like, well, I don't want to fuse them with this one I just got because, oh, man, I'll lose. Because, you you know, you can only inherit one to two abilities, at least thus far for me. That does open up, too. I've had some where I can inherit like a full four abilities. Here's the guy I have the wind and the ice on, and here's the guy I have the lightning and the fire on or, or whatever it is. But if I fuse them together, because you can, you can preview your fusion result too. If I fuse them together and I see four open slots, well, there goes wind, ice, fire, lightning, just boom, 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 boom right there. Now instead of having two, I've only got one in my limited persona space, which does also upgrade too. Oh, very nice. I just love that system. Every time I complete a dungeon or have, you know, my persona list full, I'm in there for 15, 20 minutes just scoping out every possible result. And then everyone that I could have later if I save these personas, mm-hmm. you know, for when I'm level when 36, level then I can finally fuse this one. Yeah. Oh, because God. if you guys and gals do not know, to get a persona, you have to be the same level as that persona because otherwise it says yes. you can't control it or whatever, you can't handle it. So you might be able to, in theory, make a level 15 persona, but you're only level 14, so it says, sorry, buddy, you need to wait one more level before you can make this guy. Another thing on the persona fusing system, another fun thing is you can eventually make personas that are completely immune to different types of damage. I've got one that's completely immune to physical damage, just like totally. So if I'm in a fight with a boss or you know some other kind of personas that I know do really heavy physical damage, I just put that one on, and then my main character is alive no matter what. Or, you know, you can put one that's immune to fire damage. So, oh, here's the giant flaming boss of doom. Well, I'm going to bring my one person who has a fire persona. I'm going to put on my own fire persona. But then now it's nice and easy. 
So it's it brings back all them cool Japanese RPG style fighting styles where you're like, hey, I can get immunities and and resistances, Mm. and I can go in here and just basically walk over this dude if I know what I'm doing. And there's there's certain personas that can get immunities. Like once you level them up, it'll be like resist freeze or resist fire or whatever, and then you can fuse that persona into another one who will inherit those from you know the ones you fused. So you can craft your own personas who are resistant to this or that or the other thing. It's just, oh, man, it's it's ridiculous. It's fun. I love everything about this game. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Well, and then another part I'm loving here to keep on the love train That's is right. you got the palaces, which we've <laughs> talked about, and you've got, of course, the personas, which help you win said palaces. Mm-hmm. You've also got mementos, which are the mini dungeons that I was talking about a little bit ago. So oh, this, yeah. if you, you know, you want to keep the palaces in the story mode. You don't want to mess around and come in and farm them or screw around. Yeah. Fine. You can do that because mementos exist. And this is where you go into this huge public palace, basically. And then mm. you'll get requests from uh, this little thing you'll find out later in the game. And then they're like, oh, hey, you can fix this problem or fix this person. Da, 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 da. And so there's micro issues, these little mini problems appear in what is called the mementos little area and then you can go in there you can kill bad guys to your heart's content find treasures change the hearts of these mini bosses i guess you might want to call them mm-hmm. yeah, and totally. that's that's to me i just i just that just opened up and i've just been in there like oh this is the best ever because it mm-hmm. feels much lighter in there there's no real pressure oh, i feel yeah, like yeah, i can totally. go in there kill time kill monsters it's not i don't feel like oh man i gotta keep my you know my scope down, not my scope. Uh, I got to keep my um, the difficulty at zero percent. Um, oh yeah, your your uh, your alertness yeah. meter. I want to keep the alertness at zero. I want to do this, you know, perfectly right. I want to be careful. Blah 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 blah. Nope, mementos. Nope. Hey, bad guy. Kill. <laughs> Kill them all. I don't mm. care. It's a good time. It's fun. Ah, love it. You know, I've got a few levels of mementos unlocked, but if you start at the start and just buzz through and kill every enemy you see, and then buzz through back on your way back up you can you can farm so much xp so much money which is i would say it's somewhat rare in this game but i mean one trip through mementos back all the way down and then up to the next exit floor i think i got 120,000 yen just right off the bat plus i find in mementos you find a ton of the treasure demons which as soon as you kill them you get an extra 5,000 yen it's just like you said, it's a great way to farm. It's nice and easy. It's not stressful. I mean, I was waiting on a couple of my requests. You know, I just had them sitting out until I finished the palace. And by that time, I was leveled up to the point where even those weren't stressful. Oh, here's a little mini boss. Okay, a couple turns, boom, it's done. Got the XP, got the request done. You know, bumped up my team a little bit. Just, just fun and easy. And like you said, no real stress there. Just a good way to farm. And it'll only spend one of your days. You can just go in there as long as you want, up and down and up and down, killing enemies to your heart's content. Take take like an hour or two. That then you got you got new levels. You got all this money you can spend on new equipment. All kinds of good stuff. Which you get the new equipment from the world map areas, which mm-hmm. are fantastically done. You can go in, there's tons of people. It's a lively three little sections. You got the school, you got the subways and the malls, and then of course you got mm-hmm. the uh, what's it, Tojiro District? What is that, where you live, the LeBlanc or whatever? Yonganjaya, I think. Yongan, yeah, I'm not going to get these words. <laughs> Even later in the game, you start opening up different districts that are full of all kinds of oh, other stuff, goodness, too. Oh, man. So you, you're going up to, 
I think you start in Shibuya, you move up to like kind of a red light district area, which has five or six, I think it's, maybe it's even got like six to eight new, you know, shops and areas you can explore. Uh, it's just, it's just fantastic. I, and every day you're hanging out with a confidant and it's like, oh, hey, why don't we pop over here? And then you look at the rail map and it goes, boom, now you got a whole new area to explore or a new place you can go hang out with your confidants because, oh, I know Ryuji really loves ramen and we went to that ramen shop once. Now the next time we want to hang out and he's, you know, it's not a specific level up conversation. Well, let's go to the ramen shop. It'll level us up even more than Mm -hmm. it would have otherwise. All kinds of great stuff like that. So you get the new areas and you can fast travel around if you're in a hurry or just need to get something done. But Mm. if you want to explore... There's people always talking, chattering, whispering, so you can get all sorts of cool little tidbits on what's going around, what's going on. You might even find hints to some possible requests to go into the mementos mm-hmm. and solve problems. Who knows? So as so many reviewers have said, you know, it's encouraged that you don't always fast travel. Make sure yep, you yep. walk around and explore and listen and talk to people. But at the same time, it's there. So if you know for a fact you're going to the coffee shop and that's what you're doing, don't need any of that. Boom. You can fast travel. You're instantly there. As we said, the game just keeps things flowing as fast or as slow as you want them to in that regard, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And then the confidants, they can be your teammates. They can also be like uh, there's a doctor in some mm-hmm. point in the game you get to know. And as of this moment, she's not a playable character, but you can still interact with her. You can level her up you know, and have a relationship with her. And this goes for all sorts of characters, so mm-hmm. the possibilities are just almost endless, and you're not going to have enough time to become awesome with every single one of them, so you have to pick and choose, which adds a lot of stress, but at the same time, it's that good bit, stress. Yeah. It's that fun stress, like, oh my God, I need to pick. Who who do I want to be amazing and like me and love me or whatever, and who do I not care about? But what if they have this ability that's going to help me later on? Oh no, what do I do? And that that's the thing is all the confidant abilities, which you can check as you're, you know, you can check in the menu. It's like, oh, well, I'm at level two with the doctor and I just unlocked, you know, healing items. But if I get her up to level six, she'll get me a discount on the healing items mm-hmm. or she'll add more stuff to here. There's another confidant who I'm not going to spoil anything, but you can call her to do stuff around the place you live in. Like she'll make you coffee or do your laundry or make you curry, all this other stuff. So instead of you spending time doing that during the night, you can have her do it. Now you can run off and do your part-time job, meet up with another confidant, hit up any one of the, you know, any one of like the little fun areas that raise your stats, like your guts and your knowledge or your charm, your precision or your kindness. It's so awesome the way the confidants affect your like moment-to-moment gameplay or the gameplay inside the dungeons. Because it's just, you know, you think, oh, I'll just go hang out with that person. But then it unlocks, boom. Now your teammates who are in the back lines who aren't in your party can get XP from the battles. Now, boom. Oh, now they get increased XP. It's just, it really makes you want to spend time with these characters who are interesting on their own anyway. But the added bonuses they give you really, I mean, like, as soon as the doctor pops up, I'm like, yep, I'm going to, you know, as soon as she texts you on the phone, like, yep, I'm going to her place. As soon as... You know the 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 house cleaning person pops up. Yep, I'm gonna have her come over and do this and this and this, so that I can increase my abilities later to get discounts or you know have her do additional things for me to free up my time. It's just oh man, it's just fantastic. And we've been speaking about these abilities, and this is 
This is the part that's really crazy and just ties into how you can't do everything in your first playthrough. You got kindness, guts, proficiency. What are the other two? Knowledge and charm. Knowledge and charm. You get these by doing different things. Obviously, like knowledge, go to the library or attend class and you know ace the tests, answer the questions mm-hmm. correctly, things like that. You'll get your charm from going on dates, doing this or that, or you know giving off awesome speeches, and then guts, etc., etc., etc. You cannot do everything all the time. You have to mm-hmm. freaking pick and choose. So it's just another cool little leveling system that allows you to pick what you want to be good at, what you want to be able to do, which also you got to have guts to talk to certain characters. So, hey, if you yes, want that exactly. character, you got to go and focus on guts so you can go get that character. Some individuals say, hey, want to be smart. So, boom, you got to go study in the library a whole bunch so you can go talk to this person who only respects intellectual people. That, that's one thing that... I thought was really well done is, I mean, even in just the doctor's storyline, no spoilers, but you have to have a certain guts level to progress with her. So I'm like, oh, well, I I didn't really know what guts would do for me. So now I go train my guts up to that level. Now we're hanging out all the time. I'm getting bonuses from her. And at this point right now where I am, you go in and it's like, oh, hey, I could probably talk to her about you know, this issue she's having if I had a certain charm level. It's like, oh, well, I hadn't even focused on charm at all. Now that's all I'm farming, so my charm's just popping up, and it's giving me, you know, more abilities with other people now that my charm's up. It's just, it encourages you to diversify even within just one character. Like if you're just going after the doctor or whoever it is, they'll have like, so far at least, like two stat milestones you have to get to so it makes you kind of experience everything in the game even though you can't specifically do everything it kind of it makes you diversify it makes you branch out from oh i'm just going to study all the time well no you can't because you need guts you need charm you need kindness you need mm-hmm. proficiency you have to go get that bath stuff. you have to go to that bath house oh. <laughs> that's right gotta get you clean on once in a while <laughs> <laughs> to kind of wrap things up too you know you got your standard equipment you know you got your your swords, your guns, your vests, your trinkets or accessories or whatever you want to call them. And then you got your outfits, which is what you're visually seen in. So this is all stuff you're going to want to do while you're in the world. You know, that's why you're getting money is so you can go to the gun shops and whatnot and buy the different items, which you can also get in dungeons via the treasure chests. But it's, it's got the usual Japanese RPG sticks as well, for those that you are wondering. I mean, it is a Japanese RPG, but one thing we haven't mentioned yet is that there are totally different difficulty levels. If this would be your first JRPG, someone like Jozo's, who's never played one before, was asking me about it. You know, you can put the difficulty down on super easy, where the battles are going to be, you know, nothing special. Plus, like we've said, this does kind of walk you through, oh, you found the element it's weak against, just press this one button, it'll automatically, you know, select it for you and select the enemy it should go on. But you can also turn that difficulty down if you're just like an adventure gamer or you like visual novels where you just want to see the story, you can crank that difficulty all the way down, not really worry about the JRPG stuff, but do the adventure game stuff and focus on the story itself. Focus on building relationships, etc. Yeah. Mm, yeah. They call it a tourist mode, right? I think that's what it is, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> or if you are super hardcore, you can crank the difficulty way up and... Just have yourself just a, a, a real hardcore time and just get your face beat in every battle. But if you're like on a new game plus, you got all your stats up, you got, you know, you know everything, maybe crank that up your second time through and, you know, have as much of a challenge as you did originally with your new stats. Mm-hmm. 
Ah, uh, what a good game. There's so much more. Yeah, we could just oh, go yeah. and go and go. I just urge individuals, if you have not played this, and you have not mm. played a Persona, and you've kind of been sitting there wondering, just get it. You won't yeah. You won't regret it. You won't. Promise. I 100% agree. I mean, this you will put in a lot of time to this game, but it's 100% worth it. Like, I've never sat down for a session of Persona and gotten up and gone, ah, oh, geez, I just wasted my time. No, even if I'm in the dungeons, the dungeons are interesting. If I'm in the combat, the combat's interesting. If I'm outside the dungeons doing stuff in the world, the world's interesting. Everything is just so well done. It's it's just a phenomenal game. I absolutely love it. All right. All right, all right, all right. Well, well, well. Well, well, well. <laughs> well, 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 boys and girls. Oh, goodness. Imposters wrap up. So, yeah, that pretty much wraps up this week's episode of the Imposters Guide to Gaming. This podcast is brought to you under the Third Shift Network. So if you guys got any questions for us, any comments, any concerns, any stuff you'd like to see us cover, you can email that to us at info at thirdshift.me. You can tweet at us at thirdshiftme, and you can find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Oh, yeah. And with that, Matt, you know the dealio. Don't forget forget to to save. save. Save, save, save.